Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. It is so cold here in Austin, Texas. I know so many of you are getting a cold wave, a cold front throughout the country and the world, Um, except for those of you who are listening in Australia. It's probably not as cold as it is here. Um, But yes, it is, I think it feels like seven degrees outside right now. So I am excited to be bundled up and inside and hanging out with you all today. Um, I'm also really excited because it is my birthday week. I mentioned on last week's episode that I am doing a birthday week celebration and sale for you all and that is now officially started and officially going on and will be available through the 21st. So uh, there's a little something for everyone in this birthday sale. Uh, First up is premium access to the L&D Career Club plus 30 days of one-on-one coaching with me. Uh, That normally runs for about $5,800 all in. Uh, That is being offered for $3,600. I'm turning 36 so everything's a play on 36. And that includes the complete L&D Career Club community, all of my courses, um, all live events, programs, in-house mentorship, everything that we do inside the L&D Career Club, plus six weeks of one-on-one support from me. So there is only one spot available for that. The link is inside the show notes, or you can DM me on LinkedIn to grab it as well. Um, Once that is filled, that is filled. So if you are interested in grabbing that, please go ahead and snag it, snatch it up uh, before that is gone. Like I said, it's normally about $6,000 all in and that's for $3,600. Then my second offer for our birthday sale is the L&D Career Transition Four Course Bundle. So this is valued at $796. It's on sale for $360. Um, And this is lifetime access to four of my signature courses. So you get L&D Career Mindset Magic, you get L&D Resume Reprogram, uh, you get Build Your L&D Network, and AC L&D Interview. So if you're looking to get in the right mindset for 2024 in terms of your career. You want to build a resume around your niche. You want to make sure that you have the strongest network. And then of course, once you have your interviews, uh, whether it's from your amazing resume and or from your amazing network, uh, you are going to ACLD interview. So again, that's lifetime access. And of course, too, as those programs get updated, uh, for example, in February, we're updating the LD resume reprogram with all of our new AI modules, which I'm really excited about. You'll get those updates as well. And then, so that's $360 for four courses, normally at $796, they're $199 each. And then lastly, we have our four masterclass replay bundle uh, for $36. That's normally $396. So $36, it's lifetime access to four previously recorded masterclasses. So you get, is L&D right for you masterclass, which is great too. It's, It's even more than that. It helps you figure out what I, I walk you through the L&D family tree, essentially, and figure out like, what part of L&D is right for you. We have our 2024 L&D career planning workshop series. So even if you attended that already, that was a free series that I did um, in 
December. Uh, if you want lifetime access to it, you can grab it through here. Uh, how to start your L&D career transition. So we go through the 10 steps to actually start your L&D career transition. And then the L&D career success codes masterclass this is about a two and a half hour long masterclass. So it really is more like a, like a course, um, but it walks you through all the different success codes that I have and gives you a, um, a template for, for being successful in your L&D career transition. So again, four of those masterclasses um, for $36. So uh, I will put, drop all the links into the show notes so that way you have access to them. Uh, there is a, one additional sale if you are inside of the L&D Career Club. You already know this, but if you're on the fence of joining the L&D Career Club and you want some extra bonuses um, inside the L&D Career Club, if you are a member and you're looking to upgrade to some one-on-one -on -one coaching, and this is a member at any level, so whether you are basic, light, or, um, or premium, you can get three one-on-one -on -one coaching days with me for $360. So that is a steal as well and not something that I typically offer. So, so many fun things and I'm so excited to celebrate my birthday with you all. So I want to dive into today's episode and really talk about some, some ways that you can stand out in your L&D job search. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm seeing a lot of advice out there that's giving you ways to stand out that's actually making you blend in. And I want to talk about kind of like what those pieces of advice that are out there and kind of why they're making you blend in and then what are the, the ways that you can kind of flip the script on that and stand out in your job search versus blending in. And again, like I said, it's it's hard because a lot of this advice that's out there, it I think it's well-intentioned and wanting you to stand out. But when everyone's doing the same exact thing, right, and everyone's following the same exact advice and not personalizing it to themselves, then inevitably as that snowballs, right? As that advice snowballs, that advice goes more mainstream. Well, then everyone's doing the same thing. And now you have this essentially job searcher army of people who are all doing the same thing. So I want to walk you through kind of the, five, I guess, five misconceptions in, in, in terms of what you might be doing that you think are, is making you stand out. And then how do we flip the script on that? So the first misconception that I see, and I still see this go on and on, although I have seen more people refute this, which I'm so happy about, but I do see this over and over and over again, is the misconception that you need to hyper-focus on making your resume ATS compliant. And I've talked about this in quite a few episodes, and I want to talk about it a little bit more here too, and kind of give you all just a, the rundown from someone who's been on the hiring side for the last decade plus, who's used multiple, 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 HRIS, so Human Resources Information Systems, and Applicant Tracking Systems, ATSs, uh, throughout my career uh, from a hiring perspective, from a hiring manager perspective, from the perspective of uh, implementing those, training people on those, being a part of the HR team. So I've really, I've really seen it from all different lens. And the reality is, is that yes, the majority of companies use applicant tracking systems. So you'll see this stat out there. 90% of companies use applicant tracking systems. 100% of companies, like, right? Like you'll see that stat over and over again. And the reality is, yes, that is correct. They are using applicant tracking systems. T, tracking, right? So it's to track all the applications that come in. They're not applicant screening systems, which ASS, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Make myself laugh over here, but applicant tracking systems, and they're designed to help our recruiting teams, our hiring managers effectively track applicants that come in. And so 
Where things have gone very awry is the idea that you need to have a quote unquote ATS friendly resume. Now, does it need to be ATS friendly in terms of formatting, in terms of fonts, in terms of, uh, you know, so a computer can actually read, like display, actually it's a better word, display your resume? Yes. So when we're talking about making your resume ATS readable, right? It really is so it can it can present and, and show your resume. Uh, it's not so it can read your resume and use some AI to say yes or no, this is the right candidate. So when it's all about the display. So the majority of the time, so what I want you to remember here is when you submit your resume and you get a response, the majority of the time, I'm not putting a number to it, but it is the majority. It's a human that is parsing through your resume. So it's a human who is reading your resume. And what happens is if you are taking the advice of making your resume ATS compliant, what that advice typically follows and says is take the job description, pull as many keywords out of the job description as you can, and make sure that those are in your resume. So what you get then is a bunch of people, if you're following that advice, a bunch of people, every single time they apply for a job, they're going into the job application, they're pulling out all the buzzwords that they can find, and they are buzzword loading their resume. Okay, great. Remember, (laughs) if you are doing that, there is a good chance that the majority of the other applications that are coming in have done the same thing. So now what you have is your resume, your keyword-laden resume, looks exactly the same and reads exactly the same as the other 100 people who did the exact same thing. So now what's happening is I, as a hiring manager, as a recruiter, I'm going through, I'm like, okay, same thing, same thing, same thing, right? Nothing is actually standing out to me. And so when you were essentially, which is this is what you're doing, copying and pasting the job description into your own resume, that is the easiest way to blend in. So instead of doing that, what you want to do is focus on defining your L&D niche. I have a million episodes on this, right? Your L&D, and not just a specific job title, right? But your L&D niche, which is understanding the transferable skills that you have that you want to utilize in your next role, the interests that you have. So what are the interests? What's the work that, you're, that in, inspires you? And then uh, from a, a values perspective, right? What are the values you bring to the table? So creating that, that niche and really understanding what the type of impact is you want to have in your next role. And then crafting a resume that's aligned with that niche. And the reason why that's so important is that will actually help you stand out. And at the same time, it will also show you how you fit into that role. And what I mean by that is if you are applying to roles inside of your niche, right? So you're essentially when you find your niche, you're creating your own L&D box. You're not picking one lane is sticking into it. You're not picking one job title or two or three job titles and sticking to those. Instead, I say, you know, it's not about picking a lane. It's about building your own damn highway. And you're able to operate kind of in between the different lanes uh, and play around with them. Maybe you want to ride in the middle of the highway, right? Like it's your highway. You get to do what you want with it. And so what what happens here is that you, when you start to apply for roles that fit within your niche, and that's this takes some... Um, 
I don't want to say willpower, but it definitely takes some direction. And I, I say that because I was just coaching a client inside the LD Career Club last week. We had our, um, we do a full like coachathon day, 24 hours of coaching. And she was saying like, oh, I've applied to 120 jobs and I've only heard, I've only had a couple interviews. And so we actually went through and I was like, okay, well, how many of those roles are actually within your niche? <laughs> and how many of those roles uh, are roles you actually wanted? And how many of those roles are at the right level for you? And what was happening is she was doing a lot of easy apply or a lot of, you know, like, like spending it, sending in applications for jobs that just weren't quite aligned with her niche or at the right level. Um, ones that she was either over or honestly or ones she was under or honestly overqualified for, um, ones that weren't aligned with her core values, right? Companies that were aligned with her core values. And so we started to look at the number and we say, oh, the ones that were actually aligned with your niche, those are the ones that you were getting job interviews for, right? And that's because she applied, those roles were roles that were aligned with what she wanted to do, how she wanted to do it. And they were with companies that had that value alignment. So that piece is so important. And so when you get focused on applying to roles inside of your niche and you already have a resume that's aligned with your niche, well, you're already showing how you fit in to that particular role. But here's where you stand out. You stand out because there may be some things that are inside of your resume that's showcased that the hiring team hasn't even thought of needing. And I've used this example before and I want to bring it up again. Um, Several years ago, I was hiring for an instructional designer. And so this was, was this COVID times? No, because I went to Russia. This was probably like 2018, 2019, probably early 2019 maybe. And, oh no, yeah, this is like 2019. And (laughs) I think back in my head. And we were hiring for an instructional designer to join our team. And I was responsible for going through all of the resumes. So we had a recruiting team, but they were just like super, super slammed. And so I said, I'll go through all of the resumes that come in. And so I think we had, we definitely had over 200 applicants. And as we were going through, I'll never forget, I was sitting at a La Madeleine Cafe right across the street from my apartment in Marina Del Rey. Like I actually remember this, okay? So this is this is how memorable this resume was to me, okay? And this is this is what they did to stand out, quote unquote. I was sitting in La Madeleine and Marina Del Rey and I was going through resumes and I was seeing a lot of all this, like the same, like regurgitated job description, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. All right, this person has this, that person has that. Okay, all right, you know, checking them off. All right, this could be someone who I'm interested in interviewing, whatever. And I remember getting to, and spoiler alert, the person we ended up hiring. And I remember thinking, wow, not only does this person you know, check the majority of the boxes that we're looking for. But she had additional, like uh, additional resume content, essentially, that highlighted her creative writing skills. And I've talked about this before. So you might have heard me tell the story, but it was in that moment where I paused and I was like, wait a minute, that's actually something we don't have on our team. And wow, uh, the ability to be a creative writer and to bring that to storyboarding or storytelling or the way that we are designing our learning and having it come from that lens made me say, I had no idea I even needed this, but now I can't imagine not having it. And so what happens is when you take your resume and you try to make it match the job description and you're pulling things out. They're like, oh, well, this isn't the job description. This isn't in there. This isn't in there. 
you are robbing yourself and the person who's reviewing your resume of that moment that I had in La Madeline Cafe in Marina Del Rey of holy macaroni. I how how did I not think about this skill being one that I wanted? And now I can't imagine not having the person I, that fits this role have that skill. So I want you to keep that in mind as you are working on your resume. And if you are in the camp of, if you are someone who is redoing your resume for every role that you apply to, stop. You have to stop. This is one of the biggest things that we're going to see in 2024 is, and I'm already starting to see it, but that as a tool and as a technique will die. It has been dying, but it doesn't work anymore. And if you are someone who's applied to hundreds of roles and you've done that hundreds of times, you already have the proof in front of you that that does not work. So it's time to switch it up and it's time to focus on defining your L&D niche. Again, not the specific job title, crafting your resume aligned with that niche and then having that diligence to apply for roles that fit inside of your niche. So that's number one. I could probably do a whole podcast episode on that. I could probably end the show just with that, but we are going to continue on to number two, which the, and this is a misconception, right? So, so what's making you blend in, um, in terms of networking is using networking opportunities to sell yourself. So what I notice is a lot of people when they go into networking conversations or coffee chats, and again, I've done a, lots of episodes on these as well. They use networking as an opportunity to to take more than they give. So do you need to be prepared to share about yourself and share your goals? Absolutely. But what I notice from networking conversations is people go into them with the give me, give me, give me mentality. And and I see it. I'll tell you, my my inbox is filled, y'all, filled with people Tell me this. Tell me that. Give me this. Uh, you know, give me this advice. Give me this secret. Give me this. Right. And it's very much give me, give me, give me, give me. And it's easy to fall into that, especially if you are feeling some career desperation. Um, a couple weeks ago, I did a whole episode on what happens when you're feeling that career desperation and how to move out of it. But I want you to really think about the networking conversations that you've had and what mindset have you gone into them with. And if you're going into them with a what can I get out of this person mentality uh, and, and going into it saying like, okay, how can I sell myself to this person? What's going to happen is that we all know what it's like being sold to, right? It's like, you know, I feel bad for car salesmen because I get the, you know, the shit under the stick here and the, you know, for and the stereotype, right? But we all know what it's like to be sold something. And especially when, I, when I'm being sold as another person, right? When you're trying to sell yourself on me. And when it comes to networking, that is not how you create a network, right? So I really want you to think about that. So when you are approaching networking conversations, the best way to stand out is to make that conversation about the person that you're talking to and seeking to understand more about them as a person and as a professional. So most people will go in 
and they'll go in and they'll ask for advice or they'll say, you know, can you give me a referral or, you know, tell me what you think about this in pertains to in pertinence to my experience or would that be something that you would want to hire for, right? And we make the conversation, the networking conversations all about ourselves. And again, that's what a lot of people are doing. So what's going to happen is the person's like, oh, here we go again, just someone who wants to use me for a referral or here we go again, someone who's not really interested in even having a conversation. They're just trying to sell themselves. And while you want, while yes, you want to have networking goals in terms of how you can leverage your network and learn from your network and lean on your network. I talk a lot about that, especially inside of the LMD Career Club. And we're looking at how do you build a quality network? You want to go into every conversation seeking to learn more about them, about their experience, about their day to day. And then it's really up to you to say, okay, now that I've heard more about this, now that I've actually learned from this person and created a relationship with them, is this an opportunity for me to leverage this connection? Is this an opportunity for me just to learn from this person further, right? Maybe there's nothing to leverage. Maybe you don't want to work at that company or you don't want a job like that anymore, right? Like, like, can I learn more from this person? Or maybe it's just someone who turns into your network and someone you end up leaning on. Maybe it's someone who's had a similar experience to you or a similar path to you and you can lean on them more. But that's not without going into every conversation, also knowing what you have to offer in terms of how someone can leverage, lean from, or leverage, learn from, or lean on you. And I think the biggest way that you can stand out these networking conversations is one, seek to understand, right? Not seek to sell, but seek to understand and to learn. And number two is going in knowing how you can also support this person, right? How this person can leverage you, how this person can learn from you or lean on you. And I like to think about it too in terms of, you know, I'll network with other entrepreneurs and they'll be, they'll, we'll talk about things and and I'll always end end it saying like, how can I help you? What can I do to, to support you? And sometimes it's, hey, I just might need to bounce an idea off you or, it might be, oh, I would love to be, you know, a guest on your podcast or whatever it may be, right? And like, we can go back and forth on that, but I know what I can offer people going into networking conversations, especially if I'm the one who's initiating that conversation. So I want you, the way that you'll stand out is not only you know, seeking to understand more about them as a person, but knowing how, what you bring to the table as well in terms of how they can use you, how they can leverage you, they can learn from you, or they can lean on you or a combination of all three. So if you've gone into networking conversations, if you think back to the ones that you've had and you've gone in with, okay, I'm going to sell myself to this person. This is when I get out of it, blah, 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 right? I want you to ask yourself, how can I make this a little bit more two-sided here, right? If it's a one-way street where you're giving and giving and where you're taking and taking and taking and not giving anything in return, I really want you to ask yourself. And I will tell you this, everyone has something to give. Even if you don't know what it is, you can ask them at the end and say, what can I do to continue? I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. What can I do to support you? That's it. That's the only question to ask. And I'll tell you, that will leave a huge mark because a lot of people, I know this because I talk to a lot of people who do a lot of coffee chats and they get off and they, they feel used. They feel used. So if you are leaving, and that's not, I, I know, especially if you're listening to this, it's not your intent, right, to make someone feel used at the end of a coffee chat, but people are getting exhausted, right? Because they're not getting, they're not really, they're not getting anything necessarily in in return, right? They're, they're giving and they're giving and they're giving. So I want you to keep that in mind. And if you can offer something in return, a networking conversation, right, you're already standing out, right? And that person's going to remember you. 
could be a little controversial. I don't know, but that's how I how I see it. And that's what I have experienced with, with A, my own personal networking and B, just seeing the networking of my clients when they shift their mindset from trying to sell themselves to, to seeking to understand and seeking to also be able to, to provide um, and to and, and to be able to offer them, even if it's just, hey, thank you so much. What can I do to continue to support you? They may not take you up on that offer right away. But it doesn't mean that, that you didn't leave the door open for them to come back in the future as well. So keeping that in mind, that's number two. Number three, one of the things I see and I this like I feel like this comes in waves, although it just also I think depends on what my network looks like. But if you are a job seeker and you are making job seeking your personal brand, that is a mistake. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, And it doesn't mean that you can't share with people. It doesn't mean that you can't share your experiences with with others. Um, But if you are looking at your personal brand and all you are sharing about, commenting on, talking to other people about is job seeking, you are now putting yourself in a position to create a network just of other job seekers. And if that's the direction you want to go in, that's totally fine. Uh, But if you are looking to optimize and you are looking to land a role and you are hoping that something like LinkedIn or social media or blogging, whatever it is, if you are hoping that that is one of the tools that you're going to utilize to find a new role, you really need to be careful about the brand that you're creating for yourself. Because if you are trying to land a new role in L&D, but all you're doing is talking about being a job seeker, right? As a hiring manager, I'm not seeing the value you bring to L&D. I see the value you bring to other job seekers. I see that if you're trying to be a career coach, right? I see that, but I'm not see, I, I'm not going to pick up on that. And so... What's really important is if you're posting up being a job seeker, you're sharing all your interview stories, you're talking about up and, all the ups and downs, it's really easy to fall into the content abyss and blend in with all the other job seekers out there. And I think too, it's asking yourself, why are you doing that? And is this the right forum to do it in? And I, I asked the question of why are you doing that? Because there are many people who are posting content to try to go viral and hope that some hiring manager somewhere sees their post about being a job seeker and gives them an opportunity. And while virality is does exist, right? That's not how most people are landing their jobs. And so I really want you to think about if you are someone who is inclined to create content, Share your ideas, your opinions, work samples, articles, right, relevant to your L&D niche to showcase your point of view. And I think it's easy to fall into the trap of job seeking as your personal brand because it becomes so, so ingrained to what you're doing. But what I've noticed is when you make job seeking your personal brand, and I just mentioned this, is that you now then create a network of other job seekers. And so when you do land your job, it's hard to then utilize your network to grow in other ways. And again, I'm not saying that you can't share your thoughts or support other people or as you're moving up the elevator, not send it back down. I I fully believe in that. But there's lots of forums. There's lots of groups. There's more private places uh, than constantly sharing and having your only content be about job seeking. Now, 
is it okay if you're a job seeker to post about job seeking every once in a while? Yes, right? Like it's this isn't there's no there's no exact science to it, but I want you to be really really conscious because we're talking here about how do you stand out. And so if you are trying to stand out and you want to use LinkedIn to do that or whatever wherever it is you're creating content, you need to focus on sharing ideas and opinions and samples and articles that are relevant to your L&D niche. And like I mentioned before, that showcase your point of view. Now, if you're like, hey, I really don't care for LinkedIn or social media or anywhere to be a place where I get you know, sought out for jobs, then post, post whatever you want to post, right? Like I think that's, that's the reality, but yes, LinkedIn is a social media platform and it's also a place where people are hiring from, right? It's, it's unique in that sense too, where it's not just a social media platform, right? People are going on there and they are looking for people uh, to hire and does your content reflect someone that they would want to hire? Does it show me a unique perspective that I am that I don't see out there? Um, and again, if it's all around job seeking and that's your personal brand, you're just going to create a, a full network of other job seekers. And it there's nothing necessarily wrong with that inherently. It just comes down to, is that the personal brand that you want to have? And I always ask too, like if you weren't job seeking, right, or when you're when you're done job seeking, are you still going to post content like this? Right? Are you still going to serve this network and this audience that you created around job seeking? Or are you going to leave them in the dust, right? So it, it is an important question to ask yourself of, you know, you're sharing now here in the moment, but where, like, where does it go from here? Uh, and so there's definitely an opportunity for you to stand out by at least blending your content, right? So if you're posting five posts a week around being job seekers, you know, can you add two posts where you're really thinking about your niche and you're you're sharing your your unique point of view? Uh, so that way we're understanding the impact you want to have and the skills that you want to utilize um, in a way that shows that point of view. So again, maybe a little controversial there, but I, I'm I see so many amazing people who have such incredible skill sets. But if I was just reading their content, I wouldn't know. I would have no idea, right? They're posting content five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. But I, unless I go to their profile and I read more about them or I can, or, or I, and you have to imagine like as a hiring manager, I'm not going to do that for every, every post that exists, right? Like I'm going to see one post and, 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 decide whether I'm going to click into that and learn more about this person. Um, it makes my heart sad, and I'm like, oh man, this person actually has such a unique point of view and has so much experience, but their personal brand has become so much about job seeking that I know nothing about the L&D skills they bring to the table. I just know that they went on two interviews last week and didn't get selected, right? So like, remember, like, remember the story that you're trying to tell here and is it is that narrative helping you move forward? Okay. The next one I want to focus on to really make you stand out is upskilling. And where people go wrong is trying to upskill in all of the latest trends. And if you try to learn everything, you'll end up learning nothing. And what I notice a lot of people do, which makes them blend in, is they'll focus on having a slight bit of knowledge in all the things, thinking it will make them more marketable. 
But instead, what's happening is you're blending in with the population who also has a slight bit of knowledge about that. So instead, what you want to do is first and foremost, own your transferable skills. And I'm working on something right now. I don't know when it will come out, but really, really like from a transferable skills translation and guide perspective. But the most important thing that you can do to stand out, period, end of story, is understanding your skill set and how it transfers and translates into the type of job that you want to have next. And what that means is saying, hey, here are the things that I've done in my career that have given me a lot of energy. And breaking those down and saying, okay, let me take a look into this a little bit deeper and say, why, why did that give me energy? Why was I successful in that? And then saying, okay, here's now that I've broken that down, what would that look like in my next role? What would that look like to be able to utilize that skill in a way where I can can create this type of impact? And essentially doing this like skills gap analysis on yourself too, right? Like here I am, here's the skills that I have, here's the type of role that I want to be in, where do my skills fit into that, and where where is the missing link here? And so being able to translate your skills and understand which ones are transferable is key to do that. And what most people do where they kind of skip over that step is they say, okay, I want to be an X. I want to be an instructional designer. I want to be a facilitator. I want to be a whatever, right? And they say, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to take an academy. I'm going to go get my master's degree. I'm going to read 500,000 books, right? what they stop, what they don't do is they don't say, okay, but where am I at already? Because you're trying to go from point A to point Z and you're starting at point A, but you might actually be at a point F or a point T, right? Like we don't, you don't know unless you do that analysis on yourself. So first it's really understanding what your transferable skills are and owning them and then intentionally deciding which skills you want to dive deeper into and which interests do you have that you want to turn into skills. That's where that gap comes in. So I know what my L&D niche is. I know the type of impact that I want to have. I know what skills I currently bring to the table. Where's that gap, that interest gap essentially? And how do I fill in that, fill that in? And that might be an academy. It might be something like that. It might be a, a degree. I can't answer that question for you, but it also might be one book. It also might be one $79 course, right? Like, and I think a lot of people just go again, try to go from A to Z, but really you are, you're, you're not at A, right? You're not, you're not at that initial point. You already have skills that you bring to the table. And what I've seen from a lot of clients that I've worked with, and at this point, I've worked with over a thousand people in the last three and a half years, uh, which is wild. I was just doing the math the other day. And the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that people jump into things like academies or programs or degrees. And what they realize is halfway through, or even when I first start is, I already know a lot of all this. I just didn't know it was called that. And I really just don't think you should be spending 20, 30, 40, $50,000 just to learn how something is translated, a skill that you already have, how just to call it something else. And so that's where people go, can go wrong. Uh, and it, it's like, it's, and it comes back to this, right? It's a difference between like knowing the steps to drive your car and actually knowing how to drive a car, right? So it's understanding like that transferability uh, and intentionally deciding like what skills you want to dive deeper into. Like, okay, I know this, I already know the steps, I already know this, but now let me dive deeper into this. And so I just think it's really important if you really want to stand out, figure out the gap, solve for your gap. Everything is not your gap. I don't care if you are brand new to L&D, if you've been in it for 20 years, 
a one size fits all situation is not the response, right? That's exactly how you, one size fits all programs to get you ready for the next level or whatever it is, is exactly what you do to stand, to, to blend in, right? One size fits all, meaning it's like one size fits no, like it doesn't fit anyone. So really, really think about that as you decide about the ways that you want to stand out really getting clear on what your niche is, what are the skills you already have that you bring to the table, where is that gap, and and two things, right? Filling the gap, but then also the skills that you already bring to the table, figuring out what do you want to know more about? What are you, like, what what do you want to dive deeper into uh, and, and develop some expertise in, right? That is ultimately what's going to make you stand out against someone else who, yeah, has like, has the credential or a credential, but that credential doesn't actually mean anything because they haven't done the work to dive deeper into it. It's all on the surface level. So we have a lot of people out there right now who are operating on a surface level, even though they have the they have it inside of them to be deeper, but they're operating on a surface level because they feel like they need to learn everything, know all the things, and they only have a, a little bit of of knowledge in all the things. What I want you to do is focus on how do you take what you've already know, expand on that, dive deeper into it, become even more masterful in it, and then what is that gap that's in between you and where you want to be, and how do you turn that interest into a skill? The last thing. And this is something that I see, I have actually seen this explode the last year and I'm nervous it's getting worse and worse. I'm rubbing my eyes right now um, as we go into 2024. And the easiest way for you to blend in is to take everyone's advice. (laughs) And like I I did a whole, uh, I did a post on LinkedIn last week, uh, almost like a little warning or a disclaimer to those who are giving advice to people. And I've seen, especially over the last year, the amount of people giving advice to L&D job seekers. I mean, it's double, triple, quadruple, like sextupled. Like it's, it has just blown my mind how many people give advice And I don't want to say who shouldn't be like because everyone is entitled to give advice. But I I like to think there's like two types of advice givers, right? Like there's people who give advice and they give advice and they say, this is the way, you know, it was hard for me and this is the way that I did it. So it needs to be hard for you. And this is the way that you do it. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's like, here's the steps I took for me. And they were hard. And because it was hard for me, it should be hard for you too. Then there are people, and this is the camp that I like to be in, who are like, hey, it was hard for me. Here's how I make it easier for you. So first and foremost, I think, you know, thinking about who you're taking advice from and what mentality, like which box are they fitting in there? It was hard for me, so it should be hard for you. Or, hey, it was hard for me. I'm going to make it easier for you. Um, But then I think it's also important too when you're taking advice to really think about like, is this person giving advice because of the steps that they took or are they giving advice from a more holistic lens of like what works collectively? Because the reality is the more that you just kind of take this like piecemeal advice from different people in their own paths, 
it doesn't create an aligned strategy, right? So if you're taking a tiny piece of 30 other people's strategies who are out there giving you advice saying, I, I did this, so you should do that. I did this, so you should do that. I did this, so you should do that, right? If you're using that for your career transition strategy, it's not aligned. And I was working with a one-on-one client and she kept using the word piecemeal. She's like, I've just, I've piecemealed my strategy so much that I don't even know who I am anymore. Like there's nothing left of me in my strategy. And that is the easiest way to blend in. When you have now just taken bits and pieces of all other people's strategies and you've lost yourself completely. So it makes your strategy clunky. And at the same time, like it's not unique enough to stand out. So what I want you to do, if you feel like you've been piecemealing, if you feel like you've been taking lots of advice, I want you to A, I'll tell you this. For me, when I first started my business, so the idea for the overnight trainer came to me in August of 2019. Um which is wild to think that this year will be five years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> doing, doing a lot of math in my head today. Uh, so yes, yeah, so the idea of the overnight trainer came to me in August of 2019. And when I started building this business, I was following everyone from a business perspective, right? All of the coaches, all of the people who have built businesses, all of the gurus, all of the new business, like I, my Instagram feed, my LinkedIn feed, right? Everything was just all this advice. And so I was creating a course and I was doing this and I was doing that. And I was like trying to follow all these different people's strategies. And it wasn't until I hired my first coach who I worked with for two, like two and a half years. Um, and she shared with me, she's like, I stopped following almost everyone. And she had said it, it's, it allowed me to make my own decisions. And she's like, I, you know, she mentioned, she's like, I still follow, she's like, I follow my coach, I follow my coach's coach, and I follow like a handful of like, other people whose advice I really value, um, and that's it. And so that day I went and I stopped following pretty much like everyone in the business development space. And I stick to that to this day. To this day, like I follow maybe one, two, three, four, maybe five people on LinkedIn. Okay, five people. I have thousands and thousands of connections. I follow five people, one of whom I'm like going to be hiring to be my next coach. <laughs> like I, and that's whose advice I take and, and not take their advice word for word, but say, okay, how do I apply this to myself and to my business as well? And I noticed that I was able, I, as soon as I stopped following a million people, giving me a million pieces of advice, I started making more money and having more sales and having better conversations and calling in the right clients and doing things that really fulfilled me. It's how I started my podcast. It's how I uh, like started posting on LinkedIn, right? Like to me, those things came because I was able to get rid of all of the noise. And so what I want you to do to really stand out is to get crystal clear on your goals, on your timelines, on your time limitations, on your needs and your flexibility. Okay, so those those things. What are your goals? What's your timeline? What's your time limitations? What are your needs and your level of flexibility? Because someone could give you a piece of advice saying apply to 100, 100 jobs a day and you may only have five minutes a day to focus on your job, your, your job search. And that's okay. I talk with clients about that all the time. Getting really 
clear on how much time do I actually have to devote to this? And then how do I get strategic and backfilling into that based on my goals, based on my timeline, based on how flexible I can be about certain things, right? So those things are really important. And when people give you advice, right, most people are not considering your goals, your timeline, your time limitations, your needs, and your flexibility in those. So use your niche to drive a plan that's focused on alignment and personal branding and community and development, right? I call those the ABCDs, alignment, branding, community, and development in a way that's intentional to you. And the more that you can be intentional with how it aligns with your goals, your timeline, your time limitations, your needs, your flexibility, right? The more success that you'll see in that, the more that you'll stand out. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was working a full time. I've done many episodes on, on how toxic the work culture was where I last worked. And I was working a full time, grueling job that sucked every last ounce of energy from me. And so I didn't have five hours a day to be cold DMing people like many of the gurus are saying to do or to be, you know, hosting all these free master classes. Like I didn't have the, I literally did not have the time of the day to do that. And so it started to make me also feel like a failure because I wasn't able to live up to what all these gurus are saying or people who were successful in doing the type of things I wanted to do what they were saying because I was trying to do it their way. So I really encourage you to evaluate how many people you're following that are giving advice and if they're worth still following, myself included. You might be like, you know what? I'm over her, Um, which is totally fine. I love you. I wish you the best. I hope you come back. But um, I'm not everyone's cup of tea either. Like I totally get that. Uh, So I really want you to think about that. Get crystal clear in your goals, your timeline, your time limitations, your needs, your flexibility. And as you see advice pop up, I want you to ask yourself, like, does this, does this piece of advice actually fit into my goals, into my timeline? into my time limitations, into my needs, into my flexibility. And if not, there's an unfollow button. I've been going on a big unfollow campaign recently because when I log into LinkedIn, there are things that I see that just kind of hurt my heart. And I'm just like, you know what? This is my house. I don't need I don't need this energy. I don't need this these vibes. Uh, I get to decide what I get to see on social media. That's the beauty of it. Uh, and so it allows me to, to stop taking advice or getting unsolicited advice too. Whew, okay. Those are the ways to stand out, y'all. <laughs> so I know it was a lot of information, but to to wrap it up, like the TLDR here is stop hyper-focusing on making your resume ATS compliant. Instead, focus on defining your niche, your a resume aligned with that niche, and applying to roles inside that box. Stop using networking opportunities to sell yourself. Instead, make networking conversations about the person that you're talking to and go into every conversation knowing what you have to offer in terms of how someone can leverage, learn from, or lean on you. Stop making being a job seeker your personal brand. Instead, if you are inclined to create content or share ideas or opinions, uh, share work samples, share articles, share your own original thoughts, right, that are relevant to your your L&D niche and that showcase your personal perspective and point of view. Stop trying to upskill in all the latest trends. Instead, I want you to own your transferable skills, intentionally decide which skills you want to dive deeper into and what interests you want to turn into skills. And lastly, stop taking everyone's advice. Instead, like I mentioned, just said, get crystal clear on your goals, your timeline, your time limitations, your needs, and your flexibilities. And then use your niece to drive a plan focused on creating a strategy that is intentional to you. All right, my friends, I'm wishing you the best of luck on your career journey. Like I mentioned, I do have that birthday sale going on. So if you are interested in getting support and standing out this year, uh, really making this the year that your L&D career dreams come true, 
Y'all, the job market is so hot right now. Like I, I just did a post on this uh, this past weekend that you know in 2021 we had 800,000 open L and D and L and D adjacent roles, and I just I was doing some math earlier this month, and we're at like close to two million right now. Uh, so there is a lot of opportunity out there, but the opportunity, the way the way to land these roles is different than it was a couple of years ago. So you got to stop doing the things that we talked about today. Start getting really intentional. Start looking at how do I stand out in a way that's intentional to me and not just a carbon copy of someone else. Um, and again, if you are looking to do that, we would love to have you inside the LD Career Club. We have that birthday sale going on. All the content in there will help you get closer to that and creating this strategy. So I look forward to seeing you all in the birthday sale and I'll catch you back here next week when I am one year older. Have a good one, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the LD Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next